So this one time, actually many times, I've been on an airplane, but the first time that I was on an airplane was when I was in high school and I went to a competition from El Paso to Houston, Texas. And I had never been on an airplane before and I didn't know what to expect. My teachers just told me to sit tight, put on my seatbelt and we were rolling. And as we were rolling um, before takeoff, I guess one of my teachers thought that I looked a little nervous. So she reached over between the seats and asked if I wanted to hold her hand. To which I said, no, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I'll, I'll survive. And it was a little scary. Um, you know, I, I, I've flown many times since. I get a little clammy with turbulence. Not too clammy, just, you know, clammy enough. Um, mostly because I just feel uncomfortable physically, not because I'm really thinking that we're going to crash or anything. I've taken flight lessons as well, so that's fun. And all that time I put my trust in the people who are flying the plane, except for when I was taking the flight lesson and you know they handed over the plane to me and then it was on me. <laughs> but before that, and since that, um, I've been saying, yeah, you know, I, I trust that the pilots know their stuff and away we go. And it wasn't the first time that I put my faith on somebody. Uh, many times before, I put my faith on my parents when they tell me that something is going to be okay, and it is, because they said so, and it turned out to be that way. And even when they say something's going to be okay and it is not okay, um, I still keep trusting them because they'll always have my best interest in mind. Similarly, when I go to the doctor, I trust that the doctor went to medical school, learned everything they needed to learn, did the residency, their peers said, yep, they're good enough to be doctors on their own and they're physicians and do things, right? Take care of me, prescribe medication. And there's a licensing board um, at the state level in the United States, at least, that keeps an eye on them and makes sure that, you know, they're performing everything according to how they should be doing. So I want to take a minute today and I want to talk to you guys about faith. Not faith with a capital F, but just faith. Like the things that we do on faith, the things that we just do without thinking while we are relying very heavily, perhaps with our own lives on the line, um, on other people. And it's coming up with the vaccine, right? With the COVID-19 vaccine. So let's talk about that for a couple of minutes. A lot of people think that vaccines just come out of nowhere. And I know that they don't really think that, but they kind of think and act that way. They kind of just go with it and say, yeah, you know, um, the vaccine and, and they take it and, and they're good with it. And some of them may have seen some of the ravages of childhood diseases way back when. Some of them may have done some of some sort of research and talk to other parents or physicians and they decide to go with it. Others just kind of go with it. You know, they just, you know, it's necessary for school. So here you go. Here's a vaccine. Uh, stop being a wuss. Get the get the shot. And and on, on we go. And of course, to every action, there's an equal opposite reaction. And there's going to be parents who mistrust vaccines. And they do so because they've seen something happen to some kids at some point, or they've heard about it, or they read it somewhere, or they heard from some authority figure. 
and they just kind of, you know, refuse to get vaccination. And then there's others who take it one step further and they say there's this whole conspiracy at the global level to give children autism as if that were some sort of a death sentence or to depopulate the earth because, you know, somehow 8 billion people is a good thing or to, you know, make people sterile of a certain race and ethnicity, bringing back some of the fears from the eugenics era. And I'm here to tell you that's not the case on either extreme end. You know, um, there's a whole set of circumstances that goes into a vaccine being created and approved. Um, there's a body of evidence that needs to be gathered about the disease that is being aimed to be prevented. Then nowadays there's computer modeling and animal modeling. It used to be just animal modeling. You just give an animal something to try to elicit an immune response, but not, not so much anymore. Now you have computers too. Then you do small scale testing of the ingredients to make sure that they're not toxic based on already known things about an ingredient. So if we know, for example, that a preservative you're planning on using is toxic at a certain level, then you're, you're certainly not going to use it at that level, right? If it's not toxic at another level, then you're probably going to go with that. Um, but still, you do small, small scale testing. And then you go into the next step, which is gather more, more volunteers. And while that all is going on, it's not like a mad scientist just decides to get people together and give them the, the vaccine or the vaccine candidate. There's a, an institutional review board, a, a group of people, knowledgeable people and people from the community who are also knowledgeable, uh, who are reviewing the evidence and making sure that everything's going according to plan. Uh, sure, in some instances, they may be paid by the same company that is re uh, developing the vaccine but they're held to account uh, for the ethics uh, of the vaccine trials. Later on, uh, when there's thousands upon thousands of people into brought into the study, then you, know, you are a little bit more transparent with your data. You share it for peer review with other people who are into vaccine development, with academic institutions, with state and local and federal governments, uh, both public health, like health departments and also regulators. And finally, the vaccine gets approved. And even after it's approved and it's out into the public, there are still lots of mechanisms to make sure that the vaccine is being given safely and that people are not reacting to it um, or having bad reactions to it. And then you continue disease monitoring and you notice that the disease kind of goes away because the vaccine works. Or if it doesn't go away, what's going on? Is the vaccine not as effective in the real world as it was efficacious in the clinical trial setting? And all that time, uh, we as a society, we put our, our faith in the scientists, right? We put our faith in the Institutional Review Board. We put our faith in the government regulators. We put our faith in the local state and federal health workers, health public health workers, uh, epidemiologists like myself. And we do that because if we were to test and retest and double check everything on our own, nothing would get done, right? And it's not the only time that we do that. We also put our faith in the person who builds a bridge and we trust them that they built the bridge properly and we drive over the bridge and the people that built our car and the people that built our tires, the quality control that goes into the tires. You know, uh, people have gone into cars that all of a sudden the brakes don't work or planes that crash. 
but still we get into cars and still we get on planes. Interestingly enough, people who say that vaccines are dangerous are also very likely to be the ones that are driving places and flying places, even though driving and flying are probably more dangerous. No, not probably. They're more dangerous than, than getting a vaccine. And so it's, it comes down to faith in who we expect uh, are doing their jobs properly and are going to be looking out for us and taking care of us. And of course, you're going to have people who have no faith at all, right? You're going to have the anti-vaccine people who say, do your own research, don't rely on what other people say. Or if you do rely on what other people say, they call you a sheep and they say that you're going with the herd, which confuses me, by the way, because these are also the same people that do the whole, you know, where, where we go one, we go all with the Q conspiracy, <laughs> which is like, where we go one, we go all, but you're not sheep. Mm, okay. So, you know, we, we use this faith day to day. Um, not really thinking about it, right? I didn't really think about it when I was getting to my car today that all of the systems in the car were going to function so that they would get me from point A to point B and nothing would go wrong in between. I have my faith in my fellow drivers on the highway that they're not going to go berserk and cross the lines or run a stop sign or run a red light. And I have faith that when my employer says that the money is coming to my bank account, it gets there. There's, of course, on the other side of that faith, there's accountability, right? If something goes wrong, there people are held, held to account. Companies are held to account for car crashes, for faulty equipment. And the same thing with vaccine um, manufacturers. A lot of people will tell you that they are not held to account. and But they are. You know, it's it's uh, it's an outright lie that there's nothing you can do to, to hold into account. No, there is. There's the vaccine court. And if you don't want to go that route and you want to pay more legal fees and have to have a higher burden of proof, then you go the regular, the regular court route to hold them accountable. So, you know, um, when it comes to public health, when it comes to our health, we put our faith in a lot of people and um, we trust them that they have been educated the right way, that their peers have have, you know, in a way said, yes, you are educated in the way that you need to be educated, that the regulatory agencies are working the way that they should. And I think that the people who absolutely have zero faith of that kind are very much in the minority. They're very vocal, very active, very reactive, uh, definitely very vocal. If I didn't say that they're very vocal before, almost to the point of being vociferous and look up that definition. But they're in the minority and they make you feel like you're in the minority if you didn't do your own research, if you didn't spend hour upon hour upon hour studying up on the tiny little details of some chemical structure that, you know, they say is horrible for people. But no, you're actually pretty normal if you put your faith in the medical profession and science and in the evidence, you know, you're actually pretty normal. Uh, you don't take apart your car to make sure that the engine is working, do you? Unless you're like my dad and then yes, you kind of do. But we just we just do these things because not doing so will just drive us insane. We would just worry our minds off if we didn't that didn't do it that way. And so as we move into this next phase in this pandemic, and I know I've been gone for a while and I haven't I haven't posted any podcasts about my experiences in the pandemic, which have been like the craziest experiences experiences, and I hope one day to to share them with everybody. Um, as we move forward and we talk about you know who's getting the vaccine, who isn't the kind of lies that are out there about the vaccine. Um, just remember that. Remember that the people who lie, who are in some ways sociopathic about 
lying and deceiving and getting people to not vaccinate, they're in this very small minority. And they are not to be trusted. And they don't deserve your faith. All right. Thank you so much. I hope you stay safe. We continue in this pandemic. The cavalry is on its way. The vaccines are coming. There's light at the end of the tunnel. We're going to go through a, a bit of turbulence here over winter, but we'll get through it on the other side. And if we don't, well, then we don't. But at least we tried. Thank you. And I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>